Hello and welcome to another Pete's in a podcast. We've got a really special podcast today and I'm delighted to introduce Danny, who is also known as the Lost Mum. And I'm going to let Danny introduce herself and share a little bit about her story. So Danny, over to you. Good morning. So my name's Danny and I had Olivia Grace on the 26th of February 2019. She is my first baby and I was very blessed with a healthy and normal pregnancy, although scary because, you know, you've never done it before. But unfortunately, it all went a bit wrong in labour and I had a concealed placental abruption and she was born in very poor condition, but she was not ready to leave me just yet. And she fought very hard for five weeks, two days with severe HIE before we had to make the decision to go and have a sleepover in a hospice. So very traumatic, (laughs) very haunting. Um, I'm very proud of her. She defied all the odds. We were warned the first day that she was in such poor condition that they did not think that she would make the transfer to the NICU, but she did. And then we were warned that she probably wouldn't make the night, but she did. And she moved and she eventually opened her eyes. Bless her. She was my little Wonder Woman. But yeah, the, the damage was too severe, too global, and we were out of options. So we made some special memories before going to the hospice, which I'm very grateful for. All the support from the NICU team and for everything the hospice did, they were incredible. It, it, it's heartbreaking and there, there never seems to be the right words to the when, when there's been a loss. In terms of that support, would you feel comfortable sharing a little bit about what that looked like or what that felt like mm-hmm. and the, the difference that it made to you? Yeah, I mean, so it's bad enough when you're, you know, it's bad enough that no, you don't fully understand labour when you've never done it before. So that's all new. And then nobody can prepare you for anything potentially going wrong. And for the many women that suffer birth trauma, in you know, in general, that's a you know, big thing. Um, but then to have to go onto a NICU is just terrifying. And, yeah. you know, like, you know, like it's a roller coaster it's for minutes and second to second really isn't it like it's so up and down and you have no idea what's happening or what's going on and then the last thing that you can even try to comprehend is how do you make memories when you know you're going to say goodbye like you know I had no idea of the tribute things that that we can do for baby you know I knew Mm -hmm. Olivia Grace's death day before she passed away you know we Mm. pre-planned to go to the hospice to remove you know for a compassionate extubation is what they call it (laughs) you know so in that respect I'm grateful that we had time to plan and the family nurse on the NICU was very good she organized the amazing charity um, remember my baby who are just incredible who came and took the most beautiful photos for us you know they did prints of her feet 
and hands and you know all those things that I in my you know destroyed brain at the time I was so sleep deprived I had just no clue what was going on I would not think to have done any of this stuff and then I try to imagine my life now if I did not have any of that yeah Yeah. and that doesn't even bear you know thinking about I have a necklace that has um her fingerprints the hospice took a little fingerprint molds that they turned into silver so I wear her necklace you know every day um you know all those things that are just so important I have now but Mm. how how would you know to do any of this stuff without having an excellent NICU team there to guide you you know you couldn't possibly could you because I think you know we've experienced NICU and we've talked and you know situations are very different but it's hard enough to function day to day on NICU isn't it when when everything is just so difficult so Mm -hmm. To think of things beyond the next 10 minutes sometimes mm-hmm. is really hard. So to have that team around you yeah. and to take yeah. that little bit of pressure off must have been comforting, I guess. Yeah, it was so helpful that they arranged this stuff. They just took care of it. So I have these memories now. You know, we all think about baby's first outfit, baby's coming home outfit, baby's first family photo shoot and you get to do all this normal stuff when you've Mm. got a healthy and thriving baby at home and so it's really amazing that they you know just I didn't get to bring her home but we still have some of those those things the teddy the the little muzzy cloths that one goes with her one comes with me and that's the stuff that you know keeps me going now remembrance isn't it it's yeah beyond precious isn't it yeah and Olivia Grace we always say might not be in your arms but Mm -hmm. very much in your heart and making a huge difference to the world still very much yes she is (laughs) do you want to share a little bit about the book that you've recently published yes so this has been yeah well four years I suppose in the making just released my memoir on the 1st of September called A Lost Mum's Journal. I, when I came home from the NICU, really after the first couple of weeks, I I started journaling and writing. I wrote, it's all to her. Whenever I talk about Olivia Grace, I, I talk to her. It's just my style, how I've always written. It helps me to feel really close to her. Yeah. So I, you know wrote down all the messy, incoherent feelings. Some of them, I I was probably half tipsy a lot of the times I wrote them as I just poured my heart out (laughs) onto the page. But it it did help help me process what was going on. And I also, I didn't want to forget. I didn't want to forget how awful. I mean, you can't make this better. It was awful, you know, I want... Mm, people to understand that there's things that you can't fix and yes this really is that bad and so I wrote it all down and I wrote until her first birthday you know I I I wanted to believe that I'd survived that first year so I wrote down all the you know all the 
the important parts and um I was always going to have it made for myself I wanted it as a physical copy on my bookshelf and then I realized well do you know what it's so lonely when you lose your baby and perhaps another lost mum you know reading my story might make mm -hmm. them feel a little less alone in the you know these grief feelings are very much shared you're not crazy you, you feel like you're going crazy but you're not and maybe it would just offer them a little bit of hope that if they were new in this journey you know okay wow you do you do survive you don't think you're going to survive but one way or another you you know you do yeah. just survive so this year it took about six seven months it was a long and triggering and stressful process <laughs> but I have my beautiful book and I love it and I'm very proud of it you, yeah. you should be so proud I think to to get a book published in itself but the the way you write and your openness and the fact that yeah you, you've acknowledged you've, you've done it to help you but it's to help so many other people as well and mm -hmm. what what's the feedback because we've seen you you're very active on social media and uh, promoting it and, and reaching people so what, what kind of feedback you really I is, am is not a social media person I'm really bad at Facebook but I'm trying to better my social media presence um, you're doing a great me. job yeah the, the feedback is it is amazing you know the book has you know it's done a lot to, to friends and family and I'm, I've always been very vocal about my grief you know I'm really trying to change these societal pressures and expectations and mm -hmm. this disillusion that time heals wounds that are just they're not fixable you cannot heal from them but for the you know the feedback that I've gotten from from people that I don't know that means yeah. you know so much and and they say it's you know, a beautiful story and that they feel like they know Olivia Grace now. And that yeah. just means like so much to me. I feel like she's stolen a little piece of their heart. And yeah, absolutely. You know, we're raising awareness, you know, not just on the fact that I've lost her, but, you know, what is HIE in, in babies? And mm -hmm. it happens, you know, more than we wish that it would. Yeah. And people need to understand, they need to, you know, a lot of the time, you know, a couple of years ago, I'd say people would say, you know, what did she pass away from? And I'd say HIE and it was, what's that? You know, what's that? Mm -hmm. And so it's it's so important to just educate everybody on, on what that is. Yeah, definitely. And you, you are doing such a huge job on raising that awareness and, and talking about it. I think you, you just touched there on a, about the times and timing of grief and there's, there's no end point and I just wondered if you could expand on that a little bit because I'd seen one of your posts talk about this you know and it's almost feeling there's, there's no rights and wrongs for people are there and if people are going through grief and if they've lost a loved one what I guess what advice as, as someone who has been through it and is going through it what advice would you give to somebody else? It it, it's it's really hard because even so I suppose I would be considered I was thinking about this just this morning and I was writing some content about this this morning um because you know I've had a like a hard month and I feel like I've tried to reach out this month or I've put that expectation on myself to cope um better because I'm 
a seasoned griever, you know, and I should I should be better by now. Um, but there are daily triggers and those triggers are never always the same. And my emotional response is never always the same. Grief is forever changing and evolving, but it's going to last a lifetime. I know that. Yeah. And I want other people to know that. So the way I feel when I get, a, you know, a grief wave, to me, it's like everything that happened was yesterday and mm-hmm. it's today and it will be tomorrow. Time for a grieving person is just warped. And that's a really hard concept, I think, for people, non-lost people to understand. Yeah. For them, the clock is ticking, the world is turning. And to them, it's, well, this was four years ago. Shouldn't you be, I hate this phrase, but over it, <laughs> you know, yeah. or yeah, moved yeah. on by now. And that's really unsupportive because it, it doesn't work like that, you know. So everybody is so different in what they need but I I recognize now better than ever before what I need and for me it's it is remembrance it's it means a lot to me when I don't have to prompt people to talk about her say her name I don't want there to ever be a fear of of bringing her up Mm -hmm. and that when I do reach out to people that's really brave I think of a person who's hurting and I always get kind responses but they do feel very hurried now. Okay. Like maybe, you know, when I'm grieving, my my clock stops. Time stands still. Yeah. And I'd love it if other people could pause their time too. Mm. You know? But it is it is hard. It is it's really yeah. hard. Um and do you find that people are sometimes I guess scared or worried to talk about Olivia Grace or to to ask how you really are or I think it, it can be different like you you know you've touched on it. it can be really difficult for people can't it but do you find that people have felt nervous I guess about about talking yeah. to you yeah and especially in the first year it was like I should have walked around with a trigger warning like they dare not breathe the words brain damage in my presence Mm. they were terrified you know and I understand that I get it but that's my reality that's her reality you being afraid to say it or talk about it does not change my reality yeah and you know really you know, other than people starting a sentence with the, you know, well, at least you can, you know, that's wrong. <laughs> There's really not a lot you can say to someone who's hurting that's going to make things mm. worse. And forgetting or staying silent is definitely more painful than yeah. to just talk, you know. So I, 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 every year, especially like when like the holidays come around, so Christmas, you know, I know, I, sorry to have said the word, we're in October. <laughs> you know you know it's coming you know every year I say to people although we don't do a lot of traditional cards anymore do we everything's online but I do have I have this one really special friend and every year she sends a a, you know Christmas card and she always always puts and a heavenly Merry Christmas to Olivia Grace she has never once forgotten Olivia Grace in the Christmas card I absolutely appreciate all the cards that I get from everyone else, but she is 
probably one of the, the few that always writes Olivia Grace. And, and what does that mean to you? It's my yeah. favourite class, you yeah. know, because I don't get to have a family photo, you know, and when you mm. write someone a card, it's to you and your family, and it, it and it just it feels wrong when they're not included. Yeah, that's just yeah. me. That's just how I feel, you know. I, I can't speak for everybody else. Maybe for mm. some people, seeing their name might be it might be too painful. Maybe they, you know, but I know that for me adding her in things like that means a lot you know yeah yeah so. no, that's that's lovely and it is recognizing we are all very different and people mm-hmm. will want different things and I guess finding out if if I'm trying to think if someone was supporting a friend or a family member who'd gone through loss finding out what they want and what yeah what and helps it, it's such like a it's, uh, I think it is a bit of sort of that trial and error. I think that when I look back now to that, when I was sort of, you know, especially when I was rereading the book, editing and, and getting it already, and I was reading back to things that I did or how did I feel, how did I cope, and I, I've written a bit about Christmas. It's only when you look at something, you know, in hindsight and mm-hmm. that I was learning myself, what do I need? You know, I yeah. did what I knew at the time. But it was then how did that make me feel after? You know, I didn't, I have Christmas ornaments for Olivia Grace. I didn't buy her anything or it didn't feel right to to do that. But I knew after the fact, you know, I wanted to start some kind of tradition that included her, you know. Yeah. So it was already too late then. Christmas had been and gone. But it was about me listening to what felt, what did I learn from that? And then, you know, I need to communicate that to the people around me and they just need yeah it's you kind of have to learn that skill of like feeding off somebody and listening to them and just figure it out with them along the way because every day it's a new a new grief journey for me you know Mm. what was six months ago is not the same now and so it, it is so hard and I know it must be so it must be so hard on my friends and family and those around me so I really do appreciate all the continued to support to just mm. figure it out with me so that I don't yeah. feel so alone, you know? Yeah, yeah. And one thing that's coming up that you are heavily involved in, as well as doing your book and doing everything else, and you're, you're a very busy lady, is... And whatnot, yeah. I know, is uh, Baby Loss Awareness Week. Yeah, the, do you want to share a little bit about your plans and the importance of that and, and what's coming up? Yeah, so this this year, so I work at our local hospital and I'm very close to our bereavement midwife. She massively supported me and, you know, we formed a friendship from that. And you know, I just, I really advocate to be involved with stuff like this. So we have got a beautiful remembrance trellis pink and blue flowers and anyone can come and write their little one's name on a heart and hang it on the tree you know we have that up all week there's a memory book there that's dedicated to to babies yeah we always do our yearly cake sale which goes down the treat because doctors love a piece of cake and uh, yeah um 
that yeah that always goes down really well and then this year I've been making we've got some bookmarks we've got these feathers in a in a jar which are, they're just really oh they're so cute little charms on and it the label reads you know uh, a lost mum still a mum trying to normalize a little bit more this this phrase a lost mum you know mm-hmm. people we don't know still what it means but it would be great if everyone understood what what does that mean to you for people to understand the lost monks? I know you've mentioned in your writing about at the beginning you didn't feel like a mum. You it's you get so confused and such a loss of identity, and you know I I remember feeling that way. You know it took me maybe a week to really feel like a mum to Olivia Grace just because of the shock of everything and. I don't know what I was expecting, but it nothing was what I was expecting anyway. So, you know, yeah. I didn't know how to feel. And then and then I did feel like her mum and I had to let her go. Mm-hmm. And and people kept saying to me, You are a mum. You are a mum. And I I just I really I didn't know if I felt like a mum how do how do you parent the dead? Mm-hmm. It is something you just have to learn how to do. But as time went on I I did realise really deep in my heart, I am a mum. I am a lost mum. She is not here with me, but I am still a mum. And so for me, it was like I needed to find a way. When strangers, when strangers would ask that innocent, harmless question um, that is so triggering, do you have any children? How many kids do you have? Yeah. And it's it, it just makes women choke. Um, I know that other women feel that way. How, how do you respond with that? How do you, what do you say? Um, yeah. You know, I had to figure out what, what felt right to me to respond in a way that I could keep my composure and not just break down and cry. So I would say, um, yes, I do. I have a daughter, but I'm a lost mum. She lives in my heart now. That was a way where most people knew what I meant. They understood. And yeah. then they could choose or I could choose to whether to continue a conversation about that or we moved on. Mm. But, you know, you say you're a mum and, of course, why would anybody expect that you don't have living children? So yeah. it didn't feel right for me to say, yeah, I'm a mum. It absolutely didn't feel right for me to say, no, I'm not a mum. Yeah. So it was just finding what worked for me. And so I use have use that phrase the term most women in the lost community do know what a lost mum means but a lot of people in the non-lost community don't know what it means so it would be nice for them to understand a bit more about that and and you are you are doing that aren't you You are raising awareness you're talking about things making people's feelings valid and reassurances yeah it, it it must be such a huge comfort to a lot of people. As we're coming to the end of this chat, we feel like I could chat for to you for so long and about so many different. We so appreciate you being open, and you know we we have checked in to make sure you're okay to have these conversations. And obviously, if, if anybody has any thoughts or wants to chat through, wants to listen to the podcast, we are here to support and to make sure people have the right support around them but if there's one thing 
that you want us to take away or to to remember about you, Olivia Grace? What what would your key message oh. be? Well, firstly, you should know she has the most incredible eyes you'll ever see. And I just always want everybody to know that. She made me wait until 28 days to open them, but it was beyond worth the wait. They were stunning. I will always advocate for better standards, for change and for awareness. And, you know, it's a really uncomfortable and painful topic. But the way I see it is my pain, it's my grief. And I'm going to try my hardest to make the best outcomes because it all just comes from a place of love. So, you know, you just keep supporting and being there and sharing the love. That's all you can do. You you are doing an amazing thing. And, yeah, Thank if you. we're in the same room, I'd, I'd yeah, want to give you a big hug give and just... Hug. Thank you. I'll take one. You know, okay. I would always ask first, but yeah, it it just yeah that we. I think is it's human nature, isn't it? We want to make things okay, and to to do it, and and acknowledging that we can't, we can't change everything. But if we can support, if we can listen, if we can hold space and and remember. Yeah, you're helping to patch back that you know you're helping to piece back a broken heart just a little bit to be just a bit stronger than it did the day before and that's what keeps us surviving isn't it so yeah but thank you so much we will share all the details of your facebook page even though you say you're not good on social media you are <laughs> you, you're doing a, a sterling thing um and links to your book as well um wonderful thank you very and much. yeah if if anyone has been touched by anything that's been discussed, then please contact us and we'll, we will share all of our details. But thank you so much, Danny. No worries. Thank you. Thank you.